So we've applied our uh, three methods now to somebody with whom we are just merely acquainted, we don't have a terribly deep relationship with, so we don't have such strong associations, mental and emotional associations concerning them. But far more challenging is going to be our interactions with uh, people with whom we do have a strong relationship. Yeah, it's more challenging. So we can next practice with, you know, try the exercise with somebody with whom we have a warm, positive relationship. Because often in that type of relationship, similarly, we can be quite out of balance at times we're insensitive to that person or we are overreacting to that uh, person, over-emotional. Right? Especially if we're living closely with the person, it's, then, uh, it's quite easy to uh, get out of balance. And so uh, we need, with such persons, to have a quiet mind and caring heart so that we can pay attention and respond in appropriate ways. So let us choose now a photo. I choose. I assume that you've chosen a photo before you came here. So uh, take out the photo of this person with whom we have a warm, loving relationship. And we'll do the same thing as uh, we've done before, which is quiet down and then look at the person and with a quiet mind and using the methods of first letting go and if that uh, is not strong enough, the uh, writing on water method and if uh, we have a wave, uh, you know, of uh, and uh, what should we say, overexcited emotion or inappropriate emotion in terms of thinking about old history or whatever, that we just apply the method of the wave on the ocean, the swell on the ocean. So just look at the person with a quiet mind without all the associations and so on that would distract our attention and might cause us to respond inappropriately. And we'll again do this in two steps, first looking at the photo, and then without the photo, just thinking of the person. And if uh, you don't have a photograph, just work with thinking of the person. Right? Both uh, parts of the exercise. Okay. So let's first, again, quiet down with focusing on the breath. By the way, in real life, we need to be able to just apply these methods, you know, directly. So uh, focus, we may not have the luxury to be able to uh, spend uh, an interval focusing on the breath. But sometimes even just a few seconds of focusing on the breath is helpful if we need it. We so, can't just, if we're not familiar enough with the method, to just apply it directly. Just a few seconds. I mean, you don't have to make a big deal out of closing your eyes and so on. Just a few seconds. So, please focus on the breath.
and then we look at the person with a quiet mind, applying whichever method is appropriate, letting go, riding on water, or the swell on the ocean. Let go. especially any memories, let go. A quiet mind, we just focus on them now.
riding on water. Now we put down the photo and just try to think of the person with a quiet mind.
and then we let the experience settle and focus on the breath. So again, are there any questions or comments? She asks, when you uh, give the indication, focus on the uh, person, and uh, on whom am I concentrating on? I mean, it's either with the photo, but especially when we uh, get rid of the photo, then you said, uh, concentrate on the person, what is the person? His face, his legs, his name, his... Uh, what is the person? So, and if we're breathing out, I mean, I, I, we, if we're breathing out, so there comes his name or her name, and then I breathe it out, what do I hold to? Or what do I concentrate? What is the person? Well, you're asking a deep philosophical question here that, yeah, that, uh, that we examine quite... Uh, seriously in uh, the Buddhist training that is a person but without going into that discussion or analysis here we're simply using something to represent a person right? if, uh, for those who have a Buddhist background if, uh, we can put this in Buddhist jargon that we cannot think of a person without thinking of something to either represent the person or without thinking of a basis of labeling for a person. So anyway, here we were using something to represent the person, either an image or mental idea of the sound of their voice or feeling or the name. And we were holding on to that. We're not breathing that out because then you're no longer thinking of the person. Pero aquí lo que But se you think out all the, you breathe out all the extraneous aspects. Remember, I've said this several times now, this is not an exercise to be able to concentrate on thinking about the person. That's not the point. The point is to be able, when we do think about the person, not to get upset about it, to be properly sensitive to the person when the thought of the person comes up. When we think of the person, to be able to do that with balanced sensitivity. What I experienced during this exercise was a very strong anxiety, and this anxiety even turned into pain, even physical pain. So I tried the third method, the, the third method, the uh, swells on the ocean, and yes, I agree, it helped. It helped, but not the, to the extent I would like, because still now I'm experiencing some level of anxiety and pain. Well, as I said, very often when we quiet down, we do uh, access 
this underlying uh, imbalanced feeling of uh, sadness or anxiety or pain. Now, this method of the swell on the ocean isn't going to make that feeling go away. But what it's going to uh, allow us to do is not to be distracted by it. Okay, I'm going to visit you, I'm going to talk with you, I feel a little bit nervous. So what? And we just go into the interaction, we don't let that nervousness take over. This is what the method allows. Right? We don't ignore that feeling in the sense that I'm afraid of it, so I don't want to feel it. No, that's, that's an unbalanced response to it, nor do we get carried away by it. And uh, by doing this, it uh, weakens the intensity and strength of that feeling. Sorry. So if we're still feeling this fear or uneasiness, even after the exercise, we need to continue applying the method. Sorry. So my uh, doubt is this. I totally agree with what you have been teaching of the importance of trying to apply these methods as, as soon as possible in real life, in real situations in life. But there comes this doubt to my mind. If I am in, in, in an interaction with uh, somebody and then I take my time to try to apply these methods on the spot, while I calm my mind and while I uh, concentrate on the uh, different methods of trying that, of that, that not strange uh, distractions come to my mind and so forth, I'm so totally concentrated on me and on trying to apply the methods that I, I uh, lose track of what the other person is either saying or acting or asking or whatever. So I really... So, if you also say that uh, the uh, purpose of this training is to be able, one of the purposes of this training is to be able to treat other people respectfully, how would that be? I mean, I can understand that when I am very, very highly trained in these methods, I'll be able to do that, but how can I do it right now and at the same time not being disrespectful with the other person because I'm only taking care of my own process of trying to put in practice the method? Well, one has to be patient with the learning process. I mean, as you point out, it's very similar to, let's say, when we learn how to drive, you're very conscious of each step that you're doing. When you become familiar, I mean, you're just, so you're just able to do it without being distracted from the road. So it's exactly the same thing with the sensitivity training or with any Dharma type of training. And the main thing is to be patient. We can't expect instant results. So, I mean... <laughs> Like, for instance, you know, well, we've been to this, you know, day-long session, and now we go home. And, you know, now we're very keen and anxious to, you know, let's apply the methods to uh, the people that we find at home. That might not be so easy. And as you say, well, we would be very self-conscious in the sense of, you know, I'm worried about, am I doing it right? What am I doing? And so on. You become very stiff. This would be like after our first driving lesson, going out and trying to drive from Morelia for four hours to Mexico City. It's going to be too difficult at its uh, point. So if one wants to practice driving after one lesson, practice for a couple minutes. Very gentle, just a little bit. So likewise, after one or two sessions of this type of training, likewise in our daily life, we just try to apply it a little bit. And as we become more proficient and familiar with the uh, methods, then we can apply them more and more. It's how you learn anything. It's no, you know, nothing special. So this is one of the forms of patience, the patience to endure the difficulties in learning the Dharma, which is actually the difficulties in learning anything. It just goes slowly. This brings up a point which is a very, very important point. I uh, stress this in uh, almost all of my classes, which is uh, that what we call samsara in uh, Buddhism, you know, our normal everyday existence, that is just various problems uncontrollably recurring and so on. That one of the main things that characterizes 
uh, samsaras, that it goes up and down. So that means that sometimes we're going to feel like applying these methods, sometimes we don't feel like it, sometimes we're successful, sometimes we're not very successful. It goes up and down. And so it's going to continue like this all the way until we become a liberated being, what we call an arhat in Buddhism. That's very, very advanced. Making linear pro- uh, progress. That, uh, every day is going to get better and better and better. This is a myth. There is no such thing. Progress doesn't occur that way. If we look in the long-term vista, then we can see a general improvement. But from day to day, from hour to hour, it's going to go up and down. Right? I mean, the, we may not go to such extremes of ter- in terms of you know completely down or uh, completely up. But uh, still, it's going to change from moment to moment. So it's very important not to be surprised by that. But not to be thrown by it. It's just normal. In the Buddhist teachings on uh, joyful perseverance, there's the perseverance to endure difficulties. This means, I mean, it's one of the four the types, this means that even though it's going to go up and down in terms of our uh, progress and our experience, still we persevere. We go ahead. Doesn't matter if the uh, ocean is wavy, you know, with uh, ups and downs, you go straight ahead. Don't let it throw you off course. Just go ahead. This is applies not only to the learning process, you know, training with uh, Dharma, or training in anything for that matter, but uh, also let's apply this uh, to our usual situations in life. This also applies to a relationship with somebody. Right? Uh, we all know this from experience, if we look at it honestly. Relationship with somebody goes up and down, doesn't it, from day to day. It's oh. not going to get better and better each day. That's absurd. And so if we really love the person, if we really have deep, sincere feelings for the person, then we persevere in the relationship. It doesn't matter if, you know, it goes up and down. We just continue. I mean, obviously, we're talking about it, not going off into a completely unhealthy, abusive situation. And we might have to consider whether we want to break the relationship. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, she asked this, I'm a bit confused about bringing somebody to mind or observing the picture, whatever, I mean focusing or concentrating on some person and uh, trying to do it with a calm mind. That's uh, uh, a bit difficult. Uh, For example, in this last exercise, I uh, chose one person and both uh, with the picture and uh, with the photograph and thinking of of that person. As soon as I started seeing the picture, some emotions arose. And uh, in this particular case, it was the emotion of sadness. And I could... uh, acknowledge very clearly that this sadness that immediately arises in me it was uh, pretty unbalanced i felt like a disturbing like a disturbing unbalanced uh, sadness and then i realized that uh, this is a label that have all uh, that i have already sticked on that person since uh, long ago and that's uh, uh, every time i just think of that uh, uh, person that label immediately appears. So what I tried to do during the exercise is trying to unlabel the person, trying to quiet down the deep feeling of, of sadness that arose in me. Now my question is, is this what I'm supposed to do in this exercise or not? Is this what you mean by seeing the person with a calm mind? Uh, yes. I'm not quite sure in, you know, in English there's a difference between quiet and calm. I don't know. I mean, you're using calmo or whatever. Oh, and, uh, the translation in Spanish is, is both. There's only one word. Uh-huh. Quiet means no noise. Calm means the emotions are balanced. Those are two very different uh, things. Right. We're talking here, I mean, 
Maybe that's why the whole emphasis in the people's response here is in terms of emotions. Talking about a mind that has no noise. Yeah. That's the word quiet. Silent. That's good. Right. No talking, no comments, no old history, no memories, no associations, just silent. Look what's in front of your eyes. Right. Well, that also, if they are noisy emotions, you want to quiet that. Now, remember, we're talking about two legs. We may not get to both legs this weekend. We may have to stand on one leg until next weekend. But when the mind is silent, then that allows us to have a... When we talk about emotions and feelings, it allows us to have the basis emotion. That's not very good English. It allows us to have the... Um, foundational emotion upon which we can build more and more constructive emotions. And so the foundational emotion is this caring heart. You're a human being and have feelings, just as I do. So on that basis, then we can develop love, warmth, compassion, and so on. But we don't want these, you know, noisy emotions. Oh, how wonderful, marvelous to see you, and blah, 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 and all of this. That interferes with us actually seeing what's going on with the person. Because we're all over them. We're like a puppy dog jumping all over the person. We're so excited. Now, what I want, this is a comment that I want to share of what happened uh, to me during this, the exercise. Is although you're talking about uh, noisy feelings, you know, no, noisy emotions, and yes, I did have a lot of noisy emotions during the uh, exercise. Uh, although I was using the uh, the picture of a person whom I love and I admire and so forth. Anyway, uh, the noisy emotions were not those emotions of, oh, how I love him or, or, or her or how I, I admire him, but noisy emotions about, I don't like when he does this or that or where he behaves <laughs> like this or like that. A lot of noisy things of all the things I dislike of that person, even though I love that person. And then when I, during the exercise, I could... Uh, uh, slow down or calm a little bit, uh, quiet down a little bit all that uh, noisy emotions and uh, sure enough I could do it to, uh, to a certain extent and I could uh, feel much more at ease, much more tranquil and it was not that I, that I had uh, great emotions but just a feeling of tranquility as a, a very similar with what has happened to me in previous occasions when meditating on death, especially when we have done that on, on a retreat setting, that meditating on death ha has helped me to put things in place and not to worry so much about things that uh, I don't need to worry about and be more at ease and more at peace within myself. Hmm. Well, yes, when we talk about noisy emotions, we're not just talking about the, you know, overexcited love and wanting to embrace and so on. We're also talking about the uh, more negative ones, the com complaining type of things and criticizing and so on. It's anything that's bringing up past history, past history with the person, whether it's positive, whether it's negative and so on. Just whatever is distracting us from actually paying, from actually paying attention to what the situation is with the person right now and what effect our behavior is going to have on this person as they are right now. So, yes, there are many methods that we can use that can bring us to a state of inner tranquility. Now, when we have some sort of a basic level of inner tranquility or calm, here the word calm is uh, appropriate, quiet and calm, then we need to see that this doesn't block other feelings, actually. So, for instance, when somebody, uh, a loved one dies, or when a war breaks out, 
when all sorts of terrible things are happening in the world, we, we feel sad about that, but it doesn't disturb the inner tranquility. It doesn't disturb the inner tranquility. So the comment uh, she wants to share with all of us is that on the at the end of each exercise, when you ask us to let the experience settle down, with the uh, in the first exercise with a total stranger, it was pleasant that part of letting settle it in. On the second exercise with uh, with some uh, some acquaintance, it was even more pleasant to to let it settle in. And in the third case, it was even more pleasant to let it sink in or settle in the sensation of being able to to relate to that person with a quiet mind. So it grew up in pleasure in all three steps. So that uh, brings me to the, uh, to the conclusion and to the feeling of uh, appreciating, appreciating more the other and also the exercise in itself and the, the wish to keep on doing it in order to be able to appreciate more those who surround me. Very nice, but uh, be careful of uh, expecting the a linear process to occur here, that each progressive step is going to be nicer and nicer and make you feel better and better. Because in most cases, as we get further in the, in the exercises, what happens is that the uh, exercise can be very disturbing. It can either be disturbing in, wow, this is fantastic, I've never felt something like this before, in a positive sense, Or it could be very disturbing in the sense that it brings up an unbelievable amount of emotion and people cry and so on. And it's really, it's, it's a, a major emotional event. And so, uh, you, and so uh, this step of just, you know, let it settle is just sort of after you have been swimming a long distance in the swimming pool, you get to the side of the pool And now you just, ah, you know, and, and you relax and let it settle before you get out of the pool. Uh, so it may not be necessarily a, uh, a pleasant step. It's not the point. The point is to just sort of, whew, you know, come down again. Right. So it is like, for example, if uh, we have a telephone conversation with somebody who calls us and they're very angry and they scream at us, you know, go to hell and slam the phone down. Well, when that happens, especially if it's someone that we're close to, you don't one second later go back to the computer and start typing the, the work that you were doing before. You need to let that settle. You know, I mean, you, you just take a... And this is why we do it in two steps. You let it settle to just... Ooh, you know, I mean, just... Calm down, because there, there may be a lot of adrenaline flowing, there may be all sorts of things, so you just let it calm down for a while, and then focus on the breath to bring you back down to the body. Now why don't we have the translation of that first, if you could uh, uh, put that on pause. This is being sensitive to ourselves. Please. Okay, so she wants to ask this. She finds her, herself doing all day doing these exercises. 
that at a certain point in the exercise there are a lot of emotions coming up. So she starts to quiet that either with the out breath or whichever method. Method she tries to quiet down the strength of those emotions. But then suddenly she finds herself in the totally opposite side. She finds herself totally indifferent to the other person and indifferent to her own feelings. And this is like a very sudden change. So she feels that she goes from one extreme to the other. She doesn't know what that happens, but that's what's going on with her. So she's asking, what can she do about it? She's worried about Go it. Go on to the next step, which is developing the caring heart. See it both feet. I said this uh, in the beginning, and it's very important. This is only half. This is not the, co the complete basis. It's half of it. Bueno, I... The other side as well, the caring heart, to avoid, I mean, we have to bring down all the noise, and then we have to make a basis, an emotional, positive emotional basis for relating in a positive way. So let us do the final section, the final part of this first section of the exercise, which is working with pictures. And uh, that's the first section, and the final part of that would be the picture of somebody that we don't like. Mm, someone we don't like. Now, in uh, the traditional Buddhist presentation, we uh, usually refer to uh, this type of person as an enemy. I mean, you talk about friends, you know, strangers, friends, and enemies. Well, enemy is a pretty strong word. Most of us may feel that we don't have really an enemy. So we need to uh, apply this in normal life, in our normal life. And uh, although we may not have enemies, there are certainly people that either we don't like, and if that's too strong, then uh, there are certainly people that we don't really enjoy being in their company. We would really prefer not to have lunch with them, not to have them, well, yeah, somebody that, you know, if they were going to be next to us, sitting with us for the whole day, they would never shut up. And they would just, you know, blah, 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 uh, complaining about all their aches and pains and, you know, just really being very unpleasant What's to that? be with. I'm sure we all have, know somebody like that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Actually, it's quite interesting to uh, practice all of this in a, uh, a large family dinner. <laughs> all the aunts and uncles and cousins and so on get together because undoubtedly there's going to be people in each of the categories here that, you know, someone we really like and the other one that, wow, I wish they weren't here. Okay, so we uh, choose if we have a picture of uh, one of these type of people. If there's absolutely nobody like this in uh, our life, which uh, maybe, you know, there may be a few people uh, who have that, then uh, you choose a, a political figure, somebody that also, you know, we don't like. She asked, can, can it be somebody with whom I have actual uh, uh, conflict going on, or it must be just on the light part of, uh, of the enemy concept? Well, uh, this really depends on how strong we are. Uh, obviously, we want to uh, also be able to extend this method to people that we have a conflict with, or that we are very critical of, or that we've been emotionally hurt by, disappointed by, and so on. But uh, for most people, the very first time that they try this, that's too strong to uh, be able to quiet the mind. So uh, we'll use somebody, you know, on the disagreeable side, but more on the light side of that. But uh, sure, I mean, we, we need to be able to apply this with everybody. Okay? So, <laughs> the first time we don't use a picture of Hitler. <laughs> Okay, so, again, we'll do it with the same steps as we uh, did before. First, quiet down. 
And then we look at the photo of the person with a quiet mind. If we don't have a photograph of such a person, we just think of them. And we use whatever method, whatever method is appropriate, letting go, riding on water, or the swell on the ocean. Let go. Swell on the ocean.
And then we put down the photo and just try to think of the person with a quiet mind using the three methods. And then we let the experience settle.
And finally, we focus on the breath. Then we end our session for today with a dedication. We think whatever positive force, whatever understanding we've gained, may this act as a cause for becoming a Buddha, to be able to benefit everyone as fully as possible. And all along the way, may it go deeper and deeper, so that uh, this training slowly starts to affect our attitudes, our behavior, so that we can develop more balanced sensitivity toward everyone. Okay, thank you very much.